What's up, everyone? I'm Will Fulton, and this is Thrillist Best Podcast. If you're wondering why I sound a little out of breath, I literally just walked back in the door from running, from working out, which I did after I took an edible. So today's episode is covering the overlap in two of my favorite things, weed and sports. This week I decided to try working out while high. I have to say, I feel a little less sore, uh, a little more focused maybe, and for some reason I listen to more Bob Seger, but I think that might just be a coincidence. So anyway, I'm talking to former NFL player Eugene Monroe about how he uses cannabis to manage chronic pain and his advocacy for cannabis in professional sports. We talked to Dr. Mike Hart who helps explain how cannabis can help physically and mentally for people with active lifestyles. I also ask him about my own edibles experience to see if I'm full of shit or not. Uh, And finally, I talked to Floyd Landis, who used CBD to help him recover from years of depression and substance abuse. It's a really cool story, so stick around for that. But first, I'm talking with former NBA pro Al Harrington and how he got into the cannabis industry and why he thinks it's time for the NBA to loosen up their own roles around cannabis Here's our call. I need to go get some water. I also need to be in better shape. Thank you. You're joining a call with one other person. Hey, what's up? It's Will from Thrillist. Hey, how you doing? Good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. I have to admit, first of all, I, I am I am a big fan. I always loved watching you play. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a big Knicks fan, but you were a bright spot in those couple years you played for us, so I always loved watching you. No, nah, thanks, man. Like, uh, I'm a I'm a diehard Knicks fan too, and we don't have much to cheer about right now. But <laughs> <laughs> one day, hopefully, change is coming, brother. One, you know, day. one day, one day, we gotta hold on hope. So I want to, you know, I, I feel like after you got done playing, you, you retired in in 2015. You could have gotten involved with almost any type of investment opportunity. So why did you choose the cannabis industry? Something that might be a little bit, I don't know, riskier than, say, opening up a car dealership or something like that. You know, so back in 2011, uh, I, I signed a free agent contract, I think, in 2010 uh, with, the, uh, with the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, my grandmother came to see me play at the end of my first season. And when she got there, you know, she was taking all this medication and she pretty much you know, I asked her why was she taking so much and she gave me a whole list of things that she was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that she said that stuck out was glaucoma. So when she said glaucoma, it just so happened that literally two days before that, I was reading in the newspaper how uh, cannabis glaucoma patients, you know, medicinally. So I started telling her about it and she was just like, you know, very, you know, kind of somewhat interested, but I kept calling it cannabis. So finally she asked me what was cannabis and I told her it was marijuana. Right. Weed. And, you know, she called the reefer, of course, and she was just like, boy, I'm not smoking no reefer. There's no way that's going to help me. And, you know, she shut me down. So the next day, I came home from shooting around about 11 o'clock in the morning and she sent me in the, she sent me in the kitchen complaining about how bad her eyes hurt. I just told her, I just said, listen, grandma, why don't you just try cannabis? I said, you're in the state where cannabis is, is legal. Um, you know, there's doctors that prescribe it. Let's, you know, I'll have my friend go to the store, to, go to the dispensary, and, you know, see what they recommend. So he came back with a strain called Vietnam Kush. We vaporized it for, had her try it. Uh, I took her downstairs. I went to the mat. Hour and a half later, I went to go check on her. And, you know, when I walked in the room, you know, her back was to the door, and she was looking down. 
And, you know, I just, you know, asked her, like, Grandma, how you feeling? You know, I got, of course, I have a smirk on my face. I'm not knowing how my grandmother's going to react to smoking, can- you know, smoking weed for the very first time. And, you know, her life is 79 years old. Right. And lately, man, she turned around and she was crying tears. And she looked at me and she said, Al, I'm healed. She's like, you know, I haven't been able to read the words of my Bible in over three years. And that's what happened from her trying cannabis for the very first time. And that's what really inspired me to start learning as much as I could about cannabis, about the plant. And, you know, that's why I am where I am today is because of, you know, me seeing the way that, you know, it benefited my grandmother that, that quickly. That's awesome. So, you- And then, of course, the name of the company is called Viola, which is my grandmother's name. So, um, you know, when it came down to naming our company, um, you know, we decided, me and my co-founder, name is Dan Pettigrew, um, we decided to name the company after the person that inspired us to, you know, take a leap of faith and really jump into this industry. That's how we got our name, Viola. You know, Al, obviously you were a professional basketball player, so you know what it's like to operate at the highest level possible, at, at least physically. Um, how do you think athletes can use cannabis to help heal their bodies, especially when compared to something like uh, painkillers, like opiates? Just speaking from your own experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, athletes, I mean, for, for a very long time have been using cannabis, right? You know, this is not a brand new thing, right? Um, when you look at, you know, what cannabis has done to athletes and especially, you know, athletes of color, you know, you know, guys losing careers, losing scholarships, all these different things, you know, because they enjoy using cannabis or they use cannabis for different reasons that, that could not be diagnosed at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like there's certain guys that just rather use cannabis than take an anti-inflammatory pill yeah. because of different things or opioid pill that, that, that's being prescribed to them. So I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, when you talk about, you know, what's best for the players and when you talk about, you know, quality of life after sports and different things like that, I think that cannabis is uh, something that, you know, guys can definitely use um, to prolong careers and obviously, like I said, be able to transition out of the game and, you know, feel better and have a regime that, you know, that I feel is very safe for them to maintain, you know, pretty much for the rest of their lives. You know what I'm saying? To be able to live, you know, live comfortably. And, you know, um, you know, when you think about the alternative for God, because you need something, right? You yeah. know, I always tell people, like, we're athletes, like, you know, we build our bodies, we train our bodies up, you know, to, to operate or compete for hours. But a lot of times when we do our competitions and different things like that, it's a 30-minute competition. It's a five-minute competition if you swim or run or, you know, different things like that. Right. And now your body's like on edge and you're trying to figure out how to calm down. A lot of times, what you end up doing is, you know, drinking liquor, um, all these other things where I feel like, you know, and then you have these certain guys that already realize that cannabis is the play and they can use, you know, they can take a tincture, they can take a capsule, they can eat an edible, or maybe they can even smoke a joint. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And allow them to just relax and be able to, you know, allow their body to recover, you know, and, you know, for them to be all they can be the next day. So I just think that, you know, uh, professional sports needs it. I think that, you know, what people don't realize is the athletes are already using already. And when you look at, you know, all the sports, I feel like all the sports are on the rise. You know what I'm saying? I don't see one sport where I could say it's on a decline from a production-wise. The players aren't, you know, aren't as good or not getting better. These players are constantly getting better and better and better and better. And I'm telling you for a fact that cannabis is a part of their lifestyle. <laughs> um, as... So right now, you know, the NHL and the MLB have removed cannabis from their banned substance lists. Uh, the NFL has softened its stance to 
in a lot of ways, I've always thought, and I still think that the NBA is maybe the most forward thinking of the big four American sports leagues. But it does seem like in this issue, in, in cannabis specifically, they're a little behind. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's just uh, stigma. I think that they're worried about perception. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, the NBA athletes probably are the most recognizable um, out of all sports. Yeah. Right? So we understand where they're coming from, right? Because, you know, I have kids, right? And, you know, they look up at, you know, to a lot of these guys as role models. And, you know, I'm sure I, I don't want to see, I don't want my kids to see them in a commercial smoking weed or whatever. Like, I get it, right? Sure. But, you know, I think that this would be a cool way to do it. Like MLB just saying, we're no longer tested for, period. Done. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, you know, they don't test them for alcohol use. They don't test them for pill use. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's all the other thing they don't test for. So it's like, it's the same thing. Just, you know, just take it off the ban list. I think that, you know, that's just, I also think that they just, you know, the leagues just have to understand and just give the guys a little bit more credit than what they're giving them and just knowing that they are professionals, right? And, you know, I don't see anybody trying to, you know, get stoned before a, a game against, you know, Kevin Durant or against Steph Curry. You know right. what I'm saying? It just doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? We're the world's greatest athlete, and we already struggle when we're sober, guarding each other. How are we going to go and decide to get high <laughs> and then try to go guard? You know what I'm saying? So I just think that guys have way more respect for, them, for their games and, you know, and, you know, their craft that they would, you know, take this very serious, and I don't think that they would abuse it. When do you think our Knicks are going to be good again? As soon as they get Harrington Wellness impact strike cream <laughs> in the locker room, when they get my topical, when they get my my my, my, my CBD topical in the locker room, I think that's when you know everything will turn. So maybe you you know start pushing that they buy some of our stuff so the guys feel great, they can recover quicker, and go out there and play the game that they love at a super high level. <laughs> Al, will you send them some? But but no, I don't know, brother. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Al, have a good night and uh, stay safe. And uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Thanks. Bye. Mike Hart is a physician in Ontario, Canada, and he's emerged as one of the leading medical voices in the cannabis space. Here's our conversation. Hey, Will. Hey, Dr. Mike. How are you? How are you doing? I am good. Yeah, I guess the question, you know, that we really want to ask you about cannabis is how medicinally it can help athletes on a professional level and also just on an amateur level, just people that like to jog and work out and just live an active lifestyle. You know, what are some of the benefits of using cannabis and how can people do it safely? Sure. So uh, it's a great question. And like, you know, a lot of people who work out all the time, especially as you get older, uh, you know, you're going to get some aches and pains and sometimes that can prevent people from going out and exercising. You know, they don't want to exercise because they're afraid that either during the exercise or after, you know, they're going to have to deal with uh, a ton of pain. Um, and one thing that a lot of people find to be really effective for pain control is CBD oil. And so, you know, I've had a lot of patients that have told, that have told me that, you know, just by using CBD oil, it's allowed them to go back to gym. It's allowed, and even if it's not necessarily going back to gym, like it's allowed them to walk their dog longer. You know, you don't necessarily have to be a, a professional athlete. Uh, but definitely, you know, on the professional athlete side, there's a lot of, of athletes who, you know, have been advocating for the CBD oil. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of athletes struggle with, and not just, you know, professional athletes, but amateur athletes and everyday people, is sleep. And sleep is so important for your recovery in sports, you know. 
you know that if you don't sleep well, you know, your well-being is going to drop the next day. You're just not going to have you know the energy and, and the endurance that you, you know, would have if you did have a good night's sleep. Just from a physiological uh, standpoint, what does CBD actually do to, you know, you talked about uh, reducing inflammation, uh, helping with chronic pain. How does that actually work? So once you get a, a reduction in, in overall inflammation, then you're going to get a reduction in, in overall pain. Um, like most conditions that a lot of people use CBD for are type of are, uh, a type of uh, arthritis. So anytime you have the word itis in a word, that means inflammation. Okay. So you know osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, these are all inflammatory conditions. And that's why CBD can be effective for those conditions because Again, it, it, it takes away some of the inflammation, and that's what you know, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories do. So drugs like Advil, Naproxen, all these different medicines, that's what they're doing as well. It's a non, they're, they're reducing overall inflammation. Once you get a reduction in the inflammation, you get a reduction in the overall pain. Now, THC, though, however, that does work differently. So you know, because THC is psychoactive and it does make you a little bit high, mm-hmm. what a lot of patients tend to say to me is that yeah, I can still feel the pain, but it doesn't really bother me. So it's like the pain is like dissociated from them. Because if you have pain in your knee, you know, the pain actually isn't in your knee. There's actually a signal that's telling your brain that you're in pain. And that's what THC is blocking. It's blocking that signal. So, you know, people can kind of still feel the pain, but they're not feeling it from their brain because that dissociated effect. Uh, and that's why, you know, THC can be, you know, such a potent uh, pain uh, uh, pain medicine. I feel like there's so much just misinformation and conjecture about what CBD and THC can do. I mean, you have people saying it's like a panacea, like it's a wonder drug, but it's it's good to hear from you some specific examples about how it can actually help, especially in this context. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that there's way too much of that in, in the industry, unfortunately. And, and what we need to do is we just need to, you know, treat cannabis uh, like any other medicine and hold it to the same standard as any other medicine. And, you know, if we do that, you know, we are going to tease out all the you know, therapeutic and medicinal benefits of it. And we also, you know, will find some side effects. Um, you know, that being said, you know, it does seem to be, you know, a very uh, good medicine in terms of the fact that it's, it's very uh, efficacious. It can be, you know, really effective for, you know, a variety of different conditions and compared to, you know, some other uh, pharmaceuticals, it does have, you know, a lower um, safety side effects profile. It does have less side effects. But, you know, like you said, you know, it's not a peninsula and it's not going to cure everything. Uh, and we absolutely, you know, do need to, to use it based upon the best evidence available and not just upon, you know, antidotal evidence or what someone said on, on the internet. So, you know, I did my own experiment. I definitely partake in cannabis recreationally. I've never really thought of it as um, a medicine. I've never really needed to. Um, But I do run occasionally. I go out running and I did a little experiment on my own where I ate an edible before I ran. Uh, This is very scientific, by the way, as you can tell. But I I ate an edible before I went running Mm -hmm. um, and I went running without the edible. Yeah, it it was, uh, I guess, 15 milligrams because it was half of a 30. Okay, cool. And... I had a better time running, you know, I was listening to my music, I was, I was, I was going hard, but I do feel, and you know, maybe this is a placebo effect, but I I do feel like I felt less sore the next morning. 
And do you think that that is possible or do you think that was just in my head and you need to, um, you know, be on a stricter regimen or, or do something different than simply to pop an edible before you go work out? Well, first of all, a lot of things definitely affect recovery. So you, know, you have to take that in, into play. Um, but you know what? Like it may have, it may have helped you, but you know, a lot of people are recording, you know, the same thing that, that you're recording, uh, as well. So, it's something that I think it's it's worthwhile for you know when someone has an experience like you had you know to to like repeat it again and if you repeat it again and you get the same results you're like hey every time you know I eat a 15 milligram edible you know before I run uh, I'm less sore the next day you know I have a more of an enjoyable experience you know the music sounds better you know I don't really see any harm in, in continuing and doing that. Yeah, and as far as just consuming cannabis in general, uh, is there a safer way to do it? I mean, I have to assume that uh, smoking it is not as uh, healthy as taking an edible. Um, is is vaping somewhere in between? Um, yeah, I mean, the safest way to to ingest cannabis would be uh, as as an edible, because um, we know you know there's absolutely no lung damage when, when you do that. Um, and that would be the way that I would, you know, suggest when to start using cannabis. And then in terms of, um, you know, uh, respiratory illness. So in terms of uh, actual marijuana smoke versus tobacco smoke, we know that um, marijuana smoke doesn't cause uh, doesn't cause cancer like tobacco smoke. So it doesn't have the cancer causing agents that tobacco has, but it can still damage your lungs. You can still get chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because of that, it's, it, you know, you want to stay away from smoking um, as much as you can. But, you know, I do want to make the point that it doesn't cause lung cancer. Um, when it comes to vaping, uh, I did see one study that showed that vaping versus smoking, uh, the people who vape actually contracted less upper respiratory tract infections during the cold season. So, and we're not talking about the coronavirus, which is actually a lower respiratory tract infection. We're talking about just common cold, upper respiratory tract infection. So, yeah. You know, people who base seem to have seem to have less of that. And then I should just, you know, I want to make one comment on this, just in case, you know, um, some people are are wondering about, you know, the vaping illness uh, illnesses scare that kind of you know stayed in the past few months. Basically, what they identified in that is that everyone who is hot, who's dying from these mysterious vaping illnesses. Uh, we were using uh, a vape that had vitamin E acetate in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they identified the exact culprit um, of why these illnesses were occurring. So it's it's really cool to hear this from a medical perspective and I appreciate everything you're doing. And thank you so much for making time to talk to us. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on. Have a great day. And yeah, thanks again. You too. Stay safe. Eugene Moore was a first-round draft pick who played seven seasons at offensive tackle in the NFL. After he retired, Moore became one of the first professional athletes to speak out on the benefits of cannabis. He helped spearhead research and discussion around how athletes can use cannabis safely in place of drugs like opioids and other painkillers. Here's our conversation. Hello? Hey, Eugene, this is Will from Thrillist. Hey, what's up? Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I know that you 
really one of the first NFL players and also one of the first professional athletes in general to start the conversation about cannabis and bring it up and say, you know, maybe this is something that we should rethink as something that's medicinal, that can be beneficial. I came from the perspective of, you know, being on a continual really chase for information. I wasn't a big time marijuana user, but I did uh, understand that people are using it in increasing numbers for a lot of the issues that professional athletes deal with, whether it's pain, stress, acute inflammation, uh, the, the go-to, uh, you know, reasons why athletes use pharmaceutical drugs, uh, you know, including sleeping medication. Um, so I saw an opportunity to, for the professional sports, particularly the NFL, to uh, become, you know, much more lenient on their policies. Um, each year you play in the NFL, you compile new injuries and the older injuries become chronic. So what you find is as players age in the league, um, they're taking more medication and uh, require a lot more care to deal with pain and inflammation. Um, and cannabis really show promise. Uh, many athletes that, that I knew and, and started to ask questions about athletes that were in the locker room setting, at least open about cannabis usage, you know, would always talk about the benefits of, of the cannabis they were consuming. And it, and it really, you know, was only conversations about how, how they needed it, how they could leave the facility after a stressful, painful day and, you know, feel better at night and have a better time with their families uh, and, and really help them recover and be ready to do it again the next day. Us to believe that cannabis is, you know, at the very least much safer than the opioid drugs that players are accustomed to receiving from their team doctors. Yeah, and I think, you know, it goes without saying that uh, football, especially at the professional level, is a brutal sport. So how have you been able to implement cannabis um, into your own recovery program? I mean, do you suffer from chronic pain? Were you using painkillers and that you've substituted for cannabis in some form? I was an offensive lineman. You, on the offensive line, take the brunt of the punishment and damage. Every single play, your job is to crash into guys that are big and bigger than you, and it's an all-out fight for the entire game, let alone all of the repetitions that pile up in practice, whether it's the drill work um, or, or the plays that are ran. Uh, so yes, I mean I'm I've been injured quite a bit. Uh, I've had multiple surgeries on my shoulder and knees, and um, and and a number of concussions as well. So so yes, like I, I do suffer from chronic pain and have dealt with it on a daily basis as of late, especially using cannabis um, in many different forms. You know the options are there for everyone. Um, you know, versus the cocktail of uh, Celebrex or Embison and, uh, you know, hydrocodone. That was the recipe I was given years ago. Um, you know, we have much healthier options available. So I know that recently um, NFL owners have, they've softened their stance on cannabis use. Uh, what is what is the state of uh cannabis in the NFL right now? Well, I, I think um, things are positive 
Uh, we've had massive movement, and now players can consume cannabis and, you know, not be, you know, as concerned as they have been in years. Um, the, the rules are drastically different now. Right. Um, I, I think and, it's uh, – there, there's no suspensions served for a positive. Right, test. right. Yeah. So when you look back just a couple years, uh, for example, Chantrell Henderson, who was a player suffering from Crohn's disease and had an off-season surgery where a percentage of his intestines were removed as a result, you know, Chantrell used cannabis, which is one of the best treatment methods for removing that intestinal inflammation and he was suspended for 10 games for using cannabis although uh, it had a very positive direct effect uh, on his health condition. You know, guys are exploring it. Guys are getting their medical cards uh, or having a family member get a medical card because they think the NFL might find out about it and have a problem still with the rule changes. Um, But uh, you know, it's, it's becoming a much more open environment and the discussion isn't as taboo as it once was. I love your insight and I'm so glad that we were able to um, get you into this episode. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on and, and thanks for covering this. Um, you know, although rules have changed, I think it's important that, uh, you know, the focus isn't, isn't you know, isn't taken off because... Uh, you know, while the NFL has changed the rules, uh, we do have the collegiate level of sports where, you know, we know players also explore marijuana and uh, those players are subject to the same physical and mental perils as NFL players. And I've got friends who I played college football with who did not go on to the NFL level, but uh, are still dealing with a lot of the same symptoms because, uh, you know, they did the same trauma to their bodies as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, you know, hopefully that will change soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me again. And uh, just uh, reach out anytime. I'd love to work with you guys again. Awesome, Eugene. Thanks so much. And take it easy. I hope you and your family stay safe. I appreciate that, man. Take care. Bye. Same for you. Floyd Landis is a professional cyclist who used cannabis to manage his chronic pain and his depression after some pretty tough years. He's opened up a new CBD company called Floyd's of Leadville, and he's become a major advocate for cannabis use in athletics. Here's our conversation. Hello? Hey, Floyd, this is Will from Thrillist. Hey, Will, what's going on, man? How are you? Not too bad. So, Floyd, you were one of the world's top cyclists in the 2000s and I feel like a lot of people out there recognize your name frankly from your Tour de France win that was subsequently stripped and your involvement in the PED scandal that followed um you've been pretty open about the years afterwards dealing with that fallout dealing with a pretty severe injury also in your early 30s yeah well it was a long uh, it was a long journey getting getting out of well I should start by saying you know most or many athletes at least when they retire struggle a little just trying to find some kind of I don't know a replacement for whatever you know high you get from you know high level competition and training and things like that and something to focus on and in my case it was compounded by the fact that you know my career was kind of cut short early and 
Um, I wasn't really ready to give it up. And uh, then I had to deal with a bunch of litigation and everything else that came with the doping story. So um, for me, it was it was particularly difficult for a few years. Um, and so I did, you know, whatever I felt like I could do to tr- try to stay sane or to replace that. And obviously drinking a lot of alcohol helped. <laughs> sure. Things that aren't necessarily good for you in the long run. Um, I was it, four or five years ago when, when they legalized it in Colorado. Um, and even before that, you know, um, I, I had kind of dabbled in a little bit and found that it helped me with, with anxiety and, and pain management. And the fact is that it really does have real medicinal properties and real, real value for, for quality of life for people that are trying to manage pain or anxiety. And, and I was dealing with both of those. And so for me, yeah, I wish I had discovered it sooner, but well, I'm, I'm glad I did. That's for sure. Definitely. And you know, when you, when you talk about, uh, using cannabis, uh, to help with both, you know, your depression and some physiological, you know, your injury problems, what actually did it help with? What did you notice that CBD and, and cannabis was helping you with as opposed to traditional painkillers or therapy or anything like that? So I, I was prescribed narcotics, you know, Vicodin and Norco and a couple other things like that over, over the years when I had injuries and particularly after I had my hip replaced. Um, and those, those worked really well initially. Um, and it, but the problem is if, if you're going through anything else in life that, you know, that's causing you stress, you, you realize pretty quickly that they also help with that yeah. at least <laughs> temporarily. Right. And on a, a more just everyday management level, you know, CBD and, and, and even small amounts of THC are very, very good replacements for over the counter painkillers that aren't, aren't natural. And, and, and it, you know, it doesn't have the same effect on everybody. There are one out of, you know, 20 people maybe come back and say they don't experience any benefit from it, but mm-hmm. m- most people get some benefit, whether it's pain from inflammation management of that, or, or just anxiety and it helps calm your mind and helps them with sleep really not, not because it makes you tired, but because kind of helps you just sort of, you know, calm your thoughts and, and fall asleep naturally. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't use any, any pharmaceutical products or over the counter painkillers anymore. I'm, I'm much happier for it. Totally. So as someone who has performed at one of the highest levels possible for a professional athlete, would you personally recommend the use of CBD for <clears throat> chronic pain, for depression, towards younger athletes that might not want to get involved with this for whatever reason because of the stigma attached or whatever. So pain feels worse or it bothers you more when you're not, you know, in, in a manic state and you're more in a depressed state. And, and it, so that in, in that sense that they're all connected, but that's the sense that it kind of helps and it's a subtle thing. It's not magic. It doesn't, there's all kinds of crazy claims being made about what CBD does and where most of them are unsubstantiated, but there's enough. If you get enough people to try something, and most of them are, are even skeptical to begin with, and they then they come back and they say, "Look, this stuff does really do all this." Then you have enough information to know that it it does help people on some levels. But I, I try not to oversell it. All, all I try to do is say, "Look, just try this." There's a bunch of things that it does for different people, and doesn't do all of these things for all people. But it's worth trying. It's not a huge cost, and as 
far as we know, there's at, at reasonable doses, there's no risk. So that that would be my guidance that I would give to pretty much any athlete. I mean, it's, I know every athlete out there deals with pain with over-the-counter medication at some point. Right. Okay, cool. Floyd, Floyd thanks so much for talking, man. I'm glad that um, yeah. we got in touch with each other. Right on, man. We'll, we'll be around. Hopefully we'll cross paths again. I hope so. When all this is over, we'll go for a bike ride. Or yeah. Something. It'll yeah, be fun. No okay. <laughs> all right, dude. Take it easy. See you, man. Bye. Okay. I'm about to go out for another run, but before I do, thanks for listening, everyone. I also want to thank the people that helped make this episode happen. Producer Mia Fask, uh, Jim D'Amico, Meg Kirsch, Brett Kushner, Emily Feld, Mangesh Hatakudor from iHeartRadio, and the excellent Dan Byrne who edited and mixed this episode. See you all next week. Please stay safe.